Welcome to Die Hard Minute, the podcast where our Movies by Minutes hosts enhance, enhance, enhance the 1988 Christmas classic Die Hard, one lousy minute at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Sean German, from the Groundhog Minute, the Groundhog Day podcast, coming soon. And I'm your other host, Dave Palace, from Groundhog Day Minute and Five Minutes of Mystery. And Sean, will you keep it down? Uh, listeners, if you're just tuning in, me and Sean, on a whim, decided what better way to get in the diehard spirit than to actually go to Nakatomi Plaza. So we've snuck in and and or broke into uh, 20th Century Fox and we're sneaking around the offices. But I think the security guards may be on to us. So I might have to keep it down a bit. But Sean, please continue. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll definitely try to, to keep it down. So here we are calling from... Uh Calling you from Nakatomi Plaza. We're here to discuss Minute 76, where the stuff is hitting the fan and hitting the RV. We we left off on Minute 75, where we saw the shots fired. And now, as Theo tells us, the quarterback is toast. And, and Hans is ruthless. He wastes no time, hit it again. He's not waiting to see what goes on. He wants another shot fired. And I think... I think watching the, this minute, I think the reason he does the fire again, because John brings a good point. You made your point that you have a rocket, but I think the reason he does it immediately is to let the cops know this was not a fluke. I didn't just have like, I got lucky and brought a rocket. He said, I have, not only do I have a rocket, I have enough that I can definitely blow up anything you bring toward me. And he, so that's what it is. He hits them with the gunfire and he takes out the SWAT team. He hits them with the rockets. He blows up their armored car. He 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 know he said he's planned for everything and now he's putting the fear of God into the cops because we secretly down the line know he wants it to escalate, not just the police. He wants us to escalate to a federal level. Okay, yeah, yeah. I was I was wondering about that. And he, he's certainly not taking orders from from Roy on the on the walkie from uh, the cowboy. So he doesn't ease up. And uh, yeah, I was wondering about that that second shot, but he definitely yeah, shows this was not a fluke. This was not an accident. Although, speaking of flukes, um, the glass, the glass. <laughs> I knew it. I, I, I've always let it slide, yeah. but it's such a high def image of the rocket firing the second time and the glass window breaking a second time, and you know it's mounted. They 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 bolted it to the ground. Yeah. So no, they there's no way they could have just like up 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 and then moved it. Like it's definitely in the same window, and they're definitely firing it. Uh, again, it's and the yeah. Yeah, the window breaks again. But I mean, yeah, he he knew it. He knew they were going to bring their armored car. He Hans knew everything the police were going to do. He knew their inventory of what they were going to bring and how they were going to act. And he's ignoring work. He's just no, no. I plan for this. I plan for the armored car, and I'm going to show them my our our fire and fury that we're gonna we're gonna destroy anything you bring near this building. That's what keeps it. Because I, I think in the book. Um, uh, a helicopter does fly by and one of the terrorists shoots at it. So it keeps like the police and the news choppers away. He he gets the point across that, no, you cannot approach this building. I am in control. And he's waiting for the feds to come. And so you have that scream of the, of the SWAT team on the ground. So they've obviously, they already, they're already covered in glass, but they got their, their knees are shot out. They just probably got hit with whatever like shrapnel that flew off the ar- armored car when the rocket hit it. Uh, those guys inside are definitely cooked. It's so messed up to see that. Yes. Yeah. So uh, that's it. So uh, yeah, I was wondering that. So you, you think or you know that the 
the rocket launcher was specifically for the RV. De- oh, definitely. He knew Hans has like this part of the plan. Hans has to a T. Like just pretend. All right, so pretend you're watching the movie and John McClane is not in this. There's no Bruce Willis. This plan is going perfectly as this part of the plan is perfect to Hans's thing. He wa- knew the police were going to come. John brought them a little earlier, but it's fine. Hans has his backup, not his backup plan, but he has he has like the next page, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like page one was hostages. Uh, try to get the codes from Taka- uh, Takagi. Doesn't matter if Takagi doesn't have the codes. I'm telling you. Um, I, br- I think I might bring this up uh, at another time in another minute down the line, but I still believe that Takagi would have never survived that sh- that scene if he gave him the codes or not, because right now everyone thinks that they're terrorists. And Hans says that they're not, they are here for the money. So as soon as Takagi gave him the codes and maybe he heard or said that, he, they would have had to kill him. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, there's no way. Cause it said, if somebody asked, Oh, what do they want? They wanted the vault. I don't understand. Well, what's in the vault? A lot of money. A lot of bear bonds that aren't traceable. That probably the Japanese corporation doesn't want getting out. So it's like he has all this, all this, these plans. He needs to force the perspective is that we're terrorists the whole time. The, the police, and like Dwayne says that. He says that where if these guys are terrorists and where's their demands? And now they send the so they send the police in because they have no they have no contact. And here they are. They're now they're suffering hor- horrible casualties. Right. Yeah, I guess, yeah, because this follows in with with what they did with those members of the SWAT team that were trying to so delicately <laughs> enter through the front door that, you know, they didn't want to break the glass. But um, as we, you know, we see them kind of writhing on the ground, they, you know, somewhat unrealistically yeah. just kind of shot them out at the knees where like on the one hand, it would have been would have been maybe crueler or more cold to just kill them versus wounding them. But there's the emotional effect of seeing these guys down on the ground, writhing in pain, writhing in pain versus having just killed them. And that kind of goes in line with this second shot here where, yeah, it's not necessarily about killing the most cops or even doing the most damage. It's doing things to get a specific reaction that goes into moving along Hans's plan. Mm Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's it's like a psychological mess up. It's like it's like yeah. First, uh, your your first chance is we wound your police. Send armor car in. We punish it by hitting it directly with rockets. And and yeah, and like so now the police yeah they can hear their friends screaming. And yeah, that's that's like you, you hear those stories where like the sniper like shoots somebody and leaves them wounded, and you just hear their screams and you're like, oh, I want to save them, but now it's dangerous. Like right. they're leaving them out there as as uh, as a, as a sign as or as a, as a, as, a, as bait. So yeah, now on the thirty third floor, we got John, and we're not sure what he's up to. Right, but he's got a plan. He grabs he grabs a computer, grabs the uh, grabs grabs a computer chair, uh, breaks the glass for this is quite the emergency <laughs> with the fire axe, and and starts to pry open the uh, elevator door. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So speaking of plans, uh, McLean seems to have one of its own. We don't quite know where he's going with this yet. Though it's interesting. So not only when he grabs one of the the computer monitors, the CRTs. Not only are these things on, but they're like logged in. It looks like there's work screens up. Like I kind of wonder about the security at Nakatomi Plaza, like the the personal security. I mean, I know I've got like my laptop at work, my computer at work is uh, they've got a screensaver, a password protected screensaver that goes on after five minutes. But I can't I can't Mm. change the setting. I can't turn it off. I can't do anything about that. These, you know, these computers have been up here for hours, at least alone. 
And, you know, they're just, they're on full access. Who cares? The only thing I can think of is why they're on is there's some form of server monitoring computer and they're on because the servers are on. And mm-hmm. um, like I said, I don't know. I said, I'm, I don't know how these, these server computers work. I don't know if it's like part magnetic tape or just huge bulky blades in there, but it looks like this entire room is just made for data, data storage and monitoring. Of yeah. That this data. is the, the data so, center, this floor, this part of the floor. Yeah. It definitely does not look like, kind of your your front end individual contributor someone's not typing up reports or something with uh, yeah the fact that yeah the fact that like there's no almost no holiday cheer except for we have one, one little snowman, snowman. Yeah. i just think i mean i just think this is just a bunch of it guys who don't even think about their computers too much they're probably like whatever no one visits us on this floor uh we just sit here all day and making sure the computers and the monitors are uh, and the uh servers are running well and they just and probably yeah one guy put a yeah, I put a high, you know, lit up snow snowman. That's it. Yeah. So, so McLean, he grabs a monitor. He grabs a chair. He's breaking in case he gets this. I guess this counts as an emergency. So he's breaking glass, trying to open an elevator door. Mm-hmm. And the music in this minute, I know, uh, you know, uh, Tierney and Mike were talking about it uh, last week and last minute. And it continues like the the kind of the, the suspenseful action movie music has it builds and builds and builds. Then I think it's it's James yeah. uh, James and Alexander who are manning the uh, the rocket launcher the rocket launcher that fire yeah they fire you get your big explosion but the music like kind of tells you you can't relax yet the the tent the intensity nope. is still there and it kind of keeps the the, yeah. the tension and the suspense going of all right stuff's blowing up and and it ain't over yet something else is coming yeah you. Yeah, it's like you have right around 55 and, and, and 57, it's like this brooding music. And then right as you see, wham, C4 right in the center of the picture mm-hmm. on the lap on the uh, on the uh, computer chair. And it goes, bum, bum, <laughs> bum, bum. Like, yeah, like the brass yeah. just kind of like picks right up and saying, whoa, like to invert your attention to, whoa, C4 is like officially in this movie now. We have explosives on the table. Yeah, so we, we saw these when, uh, when John took them off of – was it Marco or Tony? I don't know. One of the, one of the dead guys. You know, we, we you know we we kind of knew this stuff was floating around, and we know. Oh, I, oh uh, it was. I'm sorry. I think it was uh, Fritz because Carl says because Marco's right, down right. the street, and the other man was Fritz, and his right. bag is missing, and that's when Hans like you see the fear of God in Hans's eyes, where it's like wait the bag, like, and you're like, and and so you're like, oh, well, if Hans is worried about the bag. This is the first time he's really been worried. You're like something's with that plan. He has a plan about this bag. What's in the bag? <laughs> What's in the bag? Now he sees in the bag. We heard about we heard that we've heard about the explosives. They're big enough to uh, orbit Orlando Schwarzenegger, so we know they've been talked about. And now's the first time we. Re- I mean, outside, I guess when he first opened the bag and he starts to see four, he goes, "Whoa, you know." But like this is now, you see, it's going to be used. Yeah. So I kind of wonder if, like, what is McLean, this city cop, you know, the beat cop from New York City? What does he know about plastic explosives? Yeah. Is he, he going to be able to make something happen? The only thing, the only reason I think he even knows anything about explosives is I think probably because of East German and West German groups like that the GS G, the GSG nine had to deal with in the eighties, where like you know, was it the uh, the biter is a biter Meinhof, where it's like they would take over the plane, and so the German police would be like they these they had the specialist cops who were like EOD experts, they were like snipers, they know how to like break in like 
bust windows out and get hostages out and terrorists dead. So I feel like maybe since that stuff, I feel like maybe as an NYPD cop, like they started giving them press briefings on how explosives, kind of like a, a quick, mm-hmm. a dirty version maybe of like, this is how you deal with explosives. Like if you see this, recognize this, these pins mean that. So it's like a police officer in one motion knows exactly what it is and what's going and how like dangerous it is if they have to tell the uh, explosives crew. I think that's what it is. I think it's because of cold war German and, and Russian terrorists uh, fears. I think that's why like a police officer would only know. Cause you're right, outside of that, you know, I said, like, maybe I said, and I said, and maybe even, I don't know, but maybe cops after nine 11, maybe. In, and then they were also given a new rundown. Like, okay, after nine 11, uh, you're looking for this. If you see that, if you see barrels with these wires, this and that, um, bring that to the attention of, uh, you know, explosive experts. Yeah, yeah, because I because th- certainly, yeah, explosives have, have come in and and C four. Um, I think C four was used in the attack on the USS Cole. Huh. Uh, and and some others. So yeah, certainly modern day big city cops would would know about this stuff. And and going back to the eighties, you got two major airports. Uh, Kennedy and LaGuardia in New York. You, yeah, you've yeah. got the UN. So talking about you know the the this is before the fall of the Berlin Wall. So yeah, you got your two Germanys and Russia and the Soviets and everything. And um, he may have been involved with security around the UN, which you know would be a little bit different than your average, you know, busting kids for smoking pot and that kind of stuff. Local cop. Work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So, I mean, I think we got a good coverage. I'm excited. I want to see where the C4 goes. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to let, – let's not dwell on minute 76 too long because, yeah, yeah let's – I want to see what happens. Where, yeah. are we, where are we going with this? Shit. Did you hear that? We got to go. We got to go. Go, go, go. I think somebody's looking for us. All right. Well, well. before we get caught – so, Dave, if, if folks want to hear more from you, is there someplace else on the uh, – yeah, a podcast verse where you can be found. Yeah, come on down. Five minutes of mystery.com. I'm talking mystery, man. I'm having fun with Ben Stiller and Hank Azaria on all talks. We're having some funny, silly superhero stuff. And soon to be, we'll be talking about Groundhog Day Minute. Tell them, Sean. That's right. Yeah, you can you can hear us on uh, Groundhog Minute, the Groundhog Day podcast. You can uh, find out more about that on groundhogminute.com. And if you go there right now, you'll actually see some stuff about National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation Days. Uh, which was a podcast where uh, myself with Pete Mummert and Christopher Dennis DeGuardia, we covered the the Christmas classic Christmas vacation one day at a time. And you can also hear Dave on that as well. And you can also check me out each week at 5 Minutes of Mime on 5MinutesOfMime.com. And I think I've got time for one quick plug before we get kicked out by security. And that is the show you're listening to right now, Die Hard Minute. You can find it on Twitter at Die Hard Minute on Facebook at the Die Hard with a podcast listener's limo. And the big site is dieHardMinute.com. So please come back, join us tomorrow if we haven't been kicked out or arrested yet. Right back here at Die Hard Minute. Die Hard Minute. Tell me you got that. I got it, I got it. Hit your heart on Channel 5.